This is Cinema Spin. Hello, everybody. I am Matt. And I'm Jason. And welcome to the 100th episode of Cinema Spin. There's like a confetti in the air. There is confetti. You can't see it, but there's confetti all around us. We've been partying all night. <laughs> but anyway, we, as we mentioned last episode, it's uh, episode 100. And uh, to commemorate us actually uh, committing and doing something for two years. Two years. 100 episodes. Um, we decided to have a little special. And in that, we're going to pick our top five and bottom five films that ever appeared on the podcast. Right. So there's basically a pool of... 200 movies, really 198, because this is episode, and we're not counting these, right? No. I, did, I didn't. No. And um, we're going to count these down. Um, you want to start with uh, number five of the bottom, and now five being the fit, one number one on the bottom being the one we hated the most. Right, yeah. So we'll start right. at five on the bottom. Yes. Should we, should we do bottom first, then top, or should we just rotate between the two? Let's do the bottom first. Okay. I think that's yeah. probably right. more coherent. Right. Okay. All right, uh, you want to? And give... I have a list here, and if you name one, I'm going to cross it off okay. and move my next one. So we don't. I we uh, don't know that I'll do that. But, certainly, uh, when we come when it comes to the worst movies we've seen, there's a huge. There's a hell of a lot more to pick, <laughs> pick from. We have seen more than our fair share of movies with on wheels in the title. Yes, more than you would think. Yes. Um, do you, do you want to start with your five or should I? Start? I will start with number five on my list. Okay. Uh, number five on my list uh, was Crazy Mama. Uh, Shelley Winters. Not um, on my list, but uh, was considered. <laughs> part three of a, uh, a, a Roger Corman-produced trilogy. Chorus Leachman the, was the in The Mama right? trilogy. Uh, this movie is terrible. It was a, It's a cut-rate sort of uh, crime family on the run during the, uh, uh, during the Depression. Um, it's terrible. It's 88 minutes long to be able to squeeze in, uh, squeeze in there on a, a drive-in bill. Um, this is a movie that um, I, I guess you could, I guess this is the kind of thing you could get pregnant to in 1972. <laughs> right, um, drive-in fair. At a drive-in theater. Uh, but other than that, in terms of uh, movie watching, no way. Sometimes I hesitate to put something like Crazy Mama on my list, and why I didn't put it on my list mm-hmm. is because there's something about the production, the shoddiness of it, yeah, that's I can find a little bit of entertaining. Yeah, well, you know? and, and also uh, there are those Corman movies, they have a kind of scrappy appeal because hey, yeah, I, I mean, we know these movies were shot literally in two weeks on a micro budget, and there is something. Uh, they do have a, a kind of street appeal because of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just, you, you know, know, it's it's rotten. the bottom of the barrel. It's, it's rotten. It's even even graded on that. But I think on that curve, I think if you're terrible. watching this with a few friends, you could have a little fun with it. Yeah. Or there's some of the other ones on on, on the list. I, I I don't know if you could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number five is Zorba the Greek. <laughs> I wow. Okay. I didn't so. like I didn't like his performance <laughs> at all. Yeah. And uh, I just found the whole thing just a real chore to watch. Uh-huh. And by the time it gets to the island or whatever, and just the nastiness of it all happens, yeah. I just found that find that movie quite off-putting. And right, I hope, yeah, I hope where I they never basically watch lynch the woman. Yeah, they, they stone ter- her yeah, and they, then they kill tear her apart for adultery or something, yeah. you know, so... She's not even. It's, it's not even for adultery. It's because she's not into the the heathens that live on the island. She she can. Oh right. They, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to be an adulteress. Exactly. Right. Yeah. She's the opposite. Yeah. And and it's not a movie that. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it's a movie that, that presents this horrible, horribly ugly uh, uh, misogyny and then doesn't really hardly deal with that at all. Just sort of shrugs it off because it's just a it's a guy movie. So it's really about how that affects the guys. around her, <laughs> right. right. And, you know, so, back when I saw this, I actually thought Anthony Quinn was Greek. So now that, now that the, <laughs> the blinders are Mexican. off and I can yes. see it for what it he is. Was Mexican, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Now, worse. The, yeah, the scales have fallen from your eyes. So. I agree, especially for a movie that's uh, that's so iconic and classic. Um, that that was a movie that that really uh, uh, did not impress me. Some people, you know, I, I guess you know, see something in his performance that they really like. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I find him really annoying. Mm-hmm. So that leaves anything that might be, you know, yeah. positive about it out the window. Yeah, so. I, I I can see how a person might fall in love with that character in his sort of free spirit. Uh, you know, uh, his aggressively uh, free spirited character. Yeah. Um, Especially, I think at that the time where you know, yeah, people were really buttoned up, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the that didn't do nearly apologize for the uh, uh, for the the sort of ugliness of the rest of the movie. And when it's not being ugly, it's just sort of tedious. Well, and it's the main characters yeah. kind of. Uh, well, if, I mean, if, if Zorba, I guess, is the main character with the other male lead. Yeah, he's just sort of he he's in love with this woman, and she gets stoned. His indifference to it is just right. so weird too. And just like, oh well, yeah, I'll move know. on. Right again. This is uh, because this isn't for one second about the woman. It's or her or her tragedy. It's a, it's just about how it affects the men. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So okay, my number four. Um, well, I know this had to be on your list. So uh, so make it make the proper adjustment. Um, Vice Squad did not have Vice Squad on my list. Did not have Vice Squad There's, on your list. This is only five. It's, wow. not, it's not a top twenty list. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Vice Squad. Um, is a, uh, a, a, a terrible, terrible movie. Um, uh, although, uh, you know, and, and, and probably too ugly a misogynist to be, uh, the, the kind of movie that you could have a good time with. I mean, there, there, there are joys to be found. Wings, Hauser singing the theme song, you yeah, know, I mean, things like that. But, but those but, all things do really just, it just add into making it bad. Cause yes, yes. The song is not great. No, that's not, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's just say not great. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's uh, one, and this will be a theme uh, with some of my other choices is, uh, you know, it's, it's the kind of like D grade movie that is so bad. It could be fun if it were just a little less gross, if we're just a little less ugly. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, um, uh, it, it, it's of a time when you know you're still trying to, uh, you know these these uh, these D level movies are still trying to distinguish themselves by being transgressive, and so um, it it's transgressive in, in ways that make it sort of ugly and not fun. Yeah, so. it was a little less of that and more about him being this ridiculous super pimp. Right, I mean, the yes, whole idea yes, of a yes. pimp is pretty ugly in today's world, but right, uh, yes, but the way well, he's I mean, when, jumping you know, from buildings, the, the, and, you know, <laughs> the flamboyant white pimp, right? Yeah, and super pimp. I mean, <laughs> like you can, uh, nothing kills this man, <laughs> right? I mean, he's like the Terminator. Right? That was the part of it that I sort of got a kick out of, right? The, the, the um, he's in the back of the police car and like t- rolls over and blows up, and he just walks away, right? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that that. That movie I will give a little bit of credit for, um, and is I think it the area that it's trying to capture that that L.A. downtown L.A. in the eighties. Yeah, is probably as bad as this depicts it to be. I mean, it was that's that's a yeah nasty, yeah yeah nasty it, it area. is yeah yeah that's something it has going for it is that it it does it does really show uh, uh, it's. L.A. of that area, and it seems that to be using a lot being. of like the people who are around as extras, and you know, it's, right? It's, it's, it's so that, but yeah, it's definitely not sugarcoating that 
No, no, it's no. Really it's, 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 so it's got a certain, yeah, you know, it's got a certain grit to but it. But it sucks. Yeah, but but it's a bad movie. It's it, it's a it's a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> it so. is. Okay, my number four, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. <laughs> I hated that damn movie. Wow. You are picking a fight with several people. That I we, know several I know. friends of the show. It's not. There are people who really love this movie, and I realize. Yes, it. yes, and um, we are good. For, I'm married to one, <laughs> right? I do, and I, you know, I, I didn't really sugarcoat it on the, when we reviewed it. I, I just found it pretty damn aimless, and and I didn't didn't the grubby little creatures. I just it's didn't really an irritating movie. That's one of the things that because <laughs> that's one of the things that struck me rewatching it was how how annoying it is. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I, a lot of my, the ones on my list are the ones that really graded on me personally. Yeah, yeah. and I, I didn't think a whole hell of a lot of David Bowie's uh, performance or his music. He's in, barely. I, I don't have a problem know. with his music, but his music in this was not his greatest, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and we, you know, he can't forget his bulge, <laughs> which his is bulge. Uh, <laughs> really the star of the movie. Aggressively right. yeah. uh, <laughs> annoying. <laughs> it's off-putting. But I won't pick on it too far. But uh, it was my number four. Yeah. Okay, number three. Uh, you know, I tried not to just beat up on, uh, you know, when I set out to make up this list, I tried not, not, not to just beat up on, on a lot of the sort of B movies that we watched. Right. <laughs> but there's one more, I bet where you're no, going. <laughs> no, well, there, there is, there, there is going to be one more. Uh, but you know, and I tried to look at, and I was like, well, I should, I should try to mix it up and, and look at newer movies. But then you hit on a couple of the newer movies and you're like, no, Hey, I don't care what standard you're using. I hate that fucking movie. Right. Um, and one of and one such movie is Men. Was that this year? That was this year. That was this year. What? I oh my god, I hated that movie. <laughs> this is a movie I hated more than Elvis. Wow, <laughs> like considerably more. The than man Elvis. or the movie? <laughs> Elvis didn't even make the list. So, but Men um, was a uh, a film that uh, it 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 tried to indulge. It, it tried to make some larger point about the nature of of misogyny um by delving into you know using uh surrealism and and uh and and telling some sort of very very strange parable and it just turned out to be uh pretentious and uh unwatchable as far as i'm concerned i, I really I dislike this thought movie. the first half was okay before it Right, really entrenched itself in what it wanted to do. And, right, and then it just really lost. Uh, well, it. the director whose name escapes me is is uh, was yeah. yeah, and I don't. I think I know who it is, but I don't want to accuse that director of <laughs> directing <laughs> men if he didn't. Uh, is uh, you know, he's a good director. He knows how to put a, put a good movie together. And so, uh, yeah, the the first half of the movie, when you're not really sure where the movie is going or how weird it's going to be or what it's going to be about. Um, it, 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 it works. Um, but the second half of the movie just, there's just no excuse for existing. Alex Garland. Alex Garland. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Did, did yeah. not, not, I'm definitely not a fan or somebody who would ever re- yes. recommend men. Yes. Okay. This one was, I believe from early this year and, uh, it's a newer movie that I just despise and didn't really have much place in my heart for death on the Nile. <laughs> Wow. I'm not a big yeah. fan of the genre. Yeah. But this kind of full of itself pseudo murder mystery where it's always red herring you every corner. It's, right. And you've you got know, the, it's, the big cast and, and everybody's just you know, having a great the time. The genius of. 
Pero, and you know, yeah, it's you know, you, you can just tell that Kenneth Branagh is in love with the character. Just cannot see it for anything but and who being can, something he grew up with loving. You know, who couldn't love that mustache? And then you know, the Army Hammer of it all. Oh right, <laughs> and, uh, Army Hammer. Right, it just I I thought his that last was, movie before he died. It's it's it, generally I think isn't it harder to be totally bored with a movie at the theater because it's got your full attention yes, yes. than it is at home. Yes, this is one I watched at the theater and I just wanted. Um, I I you know me I am an inveterate insomniac. Um, I I, I never sleep. Right. Um, I, I fell asleep during this movie. My wife had to, had to nudge me and wake me up. You started because, thinking, I got a car and a tank of gas out there. I could be home in five minutes. That, yeah, <laughs> that is one of those movies that that, that makes you, uh, it, it creates a kind of existential sort of uh, uh, angst inside of you. You think to yourself, how much of my life has been spent sitting in the dark watching <laughs> watching movies, hoping the, a movie gets better, right? Yeah. Um, so that was yeah, that was the pits. Uh that movie sucked. Um Yeah, it did. Okay. Speaking of sucking, number two on my list, M. Night Shyamalan's old. <laughs> I thought about that. I oh my that. god, I hated that movie. <laughs> I hated every stupid minute of it. Ugh. It was not filmed well. It wasn't it was terribly written. Um, all, who cares about all the twist? Premise, nothing else. Yeah, who cares about the twist? It goes back to, you know, it, it's part of what might at this point might be a trilogy of M Night Shyamalan's movies, um, that might you know a, a trilogy of gro- old people are gross trilogy. I I think w- would be the because because he seems to present the the aging body as though it is just this this. Uh, th- this thing that that makes that should make everybody want to throw up, right? It's like the central concept for Shyamalan movies keeps getting smaller and smaller. It's yeah. a secluded beach, and like I, the one he's got now is like it's a cabin, right? Yes, it's a <laughs> cabin. <laughs> You're in a phone booth. <laughs> Pretty soon, then- <laughs> he's getting, right? I'm trapped in a closet, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think his budgets keep getting smaller and smaller. Well, that's probably true. You know, but he's got this little niche where he he launches these movies with you know they're on no budget to film them and they have a decent opening weekend and he's in the profit zone already and sure somebody's right somebody's yeah. happy right yeah it's like uh, you know underwhelm yeah yeah but uh, he's not spending a lot of money to well and them. even a movie even a movie that terrible makes his money back because it's you know like you say it's 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 cheaply done it looks cheap. And uh, just his brand is, oh, what's he, you know, am I going to figure this movie out before the opening credits are, are over, right? It becomes a sort of sport, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. All right. My number two, yet another one of our movies that fe- that featured a disgusting rape. <laughs> yes. Death Wish. Oh, okay. Yes. I hated Death Wish. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to steal my number uh, one. I know the one. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know where you're going. Okay. Yes. Uh, but uh, yes, that, misogyny uh, is a running theme in our the movies we dislike. Ter- terribly, fi- terrible. You know, ho- uh, you know, really off-putting rape scenes are apparently big this year with yes. randomizer with the randomizer. Yes, the randomizer they were hates featured women. In a number of the films we right. featured on this podcast. <laughs> But to Death Wish, um, I, it's you know it's a revenge thing, and I just think 
Bronson yeah. has no appeal at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe how bad that movie was. I couldn't believe that that was a movie that inspired a whole... All these sequels. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was whole... the really crazy and not, thing. And not just direct sequels, but inspired a whole sort of movement in cinema of, of, right, re- of right. revenge movies. It's you, know? A, you know, that just shows you how different that time is compared to... Yeah. You know, I... I, I guess... I just found very. I was very bored watching that movie. Me, yeah, me too. Me too. I, I didn't and, think it and, was. And, you know, it's like he when he got revenge, it wasn't even interesting. He like pulls out this weenie little pistol, and it's like it's not even an awesome gun, like you know, dirty <laughs> like Harry dirty Harry has. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, yeah. know thirty eight. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, to compare apples to apples, I mean, a, a movie that's largely a revenge movie like Dirty Harry, right, is so much better than than Death Wish. I mean, Dirty Harry is a uh, yeah, I mean, how whatever you make of its politics, right? Um, well, that's a, that's a movie that really uh, that really grabs you and 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 keeps you going, right? That's well, the not, first one's it's not a boring. The, movie. Got the chasing the serial killer angle. Yeah, right. The, yeah, you know, the later one. Well, the, I don't. The, yeah, the, the later I, sequels are more. You know, I don't endorse yeah. the later sequels. No. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're more what? Yeah, they're more like that, like this, I guess. Yeah, whereas he's just trying out there, trying to settle scores. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, yeah, I was not a fan of Death Wish. I, yes. and I and I and I, I resisted the temptation to watch the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow you resist the temptation, right? So, okay, number one worst Bring, worst movie I have seen in two years since we've been doing this. Um. Class of 84. I knew right? that was you, what you were going to say. Figure, I was going to go there. This, once again, an entry in the genre of movies that would be uh, laughably bad and fun, if not for um, if not for a really, really... This is a really horrible rape, a gang rape scene. Oh, wor- uh, the worst I've seen. Yeah, just... one, one of the worst uh, rape scenes I've seen anywhere. And particularly with regard to how, again... How uh, totally uninterested it is in in its victim once once she's been victimized yeah. and now she has served as her purpose to uh, uh, to motivate male male revenge right and there's like a glee in the people who are perpetrating it yeah it's yeah really weird certainly a, they're just yes, such a demented yes. group that... yeah and you know I, I mean that scene in in a sense is done in a way that's. Um, stylish and obviously effective because it, it, you know, deeply offended me. Right? Sure. That in in a better movie, in a different movie, um, might you know might be uh, uh, might be done might be a welcome addition. Right? It's just it comes out of nowhere in this it, garbage in, that movie, it really in this does. movie that's total garbage um, that has no reason to exist except to be sort of sort of a, a laughably bad sort of D movie. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get this this really gleeful, exploitative uh, uh, gang rape. That's just uh, that's just the pit. So that movie sucked. Um, that and, and the Vice movie are very similar to me. In, yeah, in, right, right. In Except a lot of ways. Vi- yeah, uh, Vice Squad had more. Uh, it has a lot of misogyny, but the uh, the misogyny is more. A lot of it is is more sort of implied. It's like. Or, or at least it's it's grabbing women and sort of knocking them around. Well, but there's that you know his name's Ramrod and why he has that nickname is really oh. particularly gross. You yeah, know what I mean, it's, yeah, right. th- that's what I'm kind of thinking. A pimp named Ramrod. Uh-huh. Right. Use your imagination. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, the the the, the kind of out of nowhere uh, uh, total gratuitousness of the rape scene in Class of '84 puts it at the very bottom of my barrel. So, um, yeah, that that. Terrible, terrible movie. Yeah, and I was considered for my list. I just didn't have it on there. 
My one is beware the blob. <laughs> beware the blob to me doesn't yeah. work as a horror movie at all. Yes. And there's nothing fun about the way it's made. It's yes. Just, it, it, yes. It's very shoddily made. Yeah. But not in a fun way at all. No, not in a fun way at all. It's it's really it, it to, a movie that's totally inept. Yeah, um, it just fails at everything that, that make movies great. Yes, everything. And it, and it right. fails at make at what makes most mediocre movies mediocre. It's just bad. It's just, right, you know. And I, I don't have that was one where God, I was like, how much? How long have I been watching this? Four minutes. What Four the hell? Minutes. <laughs> am, I ever, am I moving? Is this movie moving backwards in time? Um, and it wasn't particularly long, but man, did it feel like it. So, uh, yeah. Do you, so. Those are our five. Do you have uh, do you have honor- dishonorable mentions? I do, but I think a lot of them were probably on your list. Let's okay. see. Um, Damnation Alley sucked. Damnation Alley was terrible. Um, although the- although Damnation Alley does achieve a certain amount of fun, you know. The, yeah, the, yeah, it yeah. has its moments. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple uh, newer films. Uh, Turbulence. Turbulence. Oh God, that movie was terrible. Um, the core is obviously the core. Obviously, totally yes, rotten. yes. Um, I really hated Army of the Dead. I don't oh, know. I didn't see that. You didn't watch yeah, that. We that did that when you Ben said in for me. Thank you, Ben. Uh, Jade sucks. Jade. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot about Jade. Yeah. I've got the She Devils on Wheels. She Devils on Wheels. I've got. Remember how bad that movie Reminiscence was. With yes, the Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. I, I, I didn't write that one down, but that, I remember when we were going past that, it, I thought, oh, that sucks. Yeah, that was shortlisted. That, that'll that be was... a forgotten. Oh, yeah. Um, I have Crazy Mama on my list. 13th Floor is the one I did with Ben, too. Yeah, that's um, a bad movie. I've, I've yeah, it's that. like a virtual reality kind of thriller right, yeah, that sort sucks. Of post-Matrix. Kind um, of... January Man, obviously. January Man, yes. That's that's on my shortlist, too. That's, that's, that's a laughably horrible the G- movie. January Man has enough, like, laughably head-scratching stuff in it to where right, it's yeah, sort it's, of a delight. It's, it's <laughs> it's cr- yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah. it's bananas. Yeah. Kevin Klein's character is so weird and off the wall that it, there's something... Right, and there's so many, like... There's so many people involved in that movie. Like, there's so many. Like, uh, it's directed by John, so many where you're like, by John you're like, Patrick. What is Shanley going on right now? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you're like, how is this happening? Uh, Gattaca. Remember how bad Gattaca was? Yeah, that's that's a movie people love too. I well, they can have it, man. I hate yeah, Gattaca. The only movie I've ever seen that, <laughs> that I think I know. I said it at the time. Uh, that starts with a quote. And then it fades out, and then a second quote comes up, and I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? Quote. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just start the movie? How much stuff do I have to ponder before this thing even starts? <laughs> and <laughs> Werewolves on Wheels. Werewolves on Wheels um, is funny in times. Yes. Uh, uh, great title. It's not super exploitive. Right. Great title. But as you pointed out at the time, and there's no getting around this, I mean, there is a real dearth of werewolves on wheels in that movie, <laughs> well, right? If you're a stickler for wanting to see what's in right. the title, yeah, you're really going to be disappointed. Uh, yeah. Uh, false advertising, Roger Horman. Right. If there are wheels and there are werewolves, but you've got to bring them together. But if you want to see a, a wine and bread orgy, <laughs> it's the perfect movie. <laughs> there's a lot of wine and bread. You know, just to, to add a stinger here at the end, I hated Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, and you know, and uh, uh, also, uh, also, <laughs> I also, I also really hated uh, the Fablemans, but I, I'll, I'll lay off. 
<laughs> somebody. I mean, I'm not going to put that so, uh, down there with class. I, I knew you would mention that, but uh, somebody, I, I forgot, I was watching somebody's top 10 list on, on YouTube today, and they had Feldman's one. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know. I don't think that, I don't think they'd, I think that Elvis is an honorable mention, too. So people are different, man. Yeah, people have different, yeah. Some, All right, well, let's get <laughs> some in. Some people have tastes. <laughs> let's get into these. Uh, let's get okay. into these top fives. Okay, yeah, now so so we've did the we've 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 uh done the negative, right? We've belabored the bad, right? Mm-hmm. But now we're going to say good things about some movies. We're yeah, gonna... and, and my list isn't necessarily what I think are the best constructed, you know, best well made films. They're just the ones that I I thought mm-hmm. you know made an impact on me somehow. Okay. Um, I'll start this list, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I started last. My one. number five is Nomadland. Okay. That's been quite a while now since we watched that, but uh, mm-hmm. that movie's made kind of a lasting impact. You know, beautifully filmed, like we said. Uh, tells a story that's relevant in today's world, and it tells it well, and in a way that makes you um, feel one with the characters. Mm-hmm. And the way it used, you know, some of the characters from the real life, that world, I, I like too. Yeah. Um, right, right, right. It, it had the yeah. It, it just a, pulled you in. It made you feel it like a, it was a real world. It made you feel like you were part of something. It made mm-hmm. you feel like you were part of of this world. There's, but uh, it's been a while now, and uh, I don't know. I like that movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number five. Uh, I'll start out with everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I, I, uh, that's a movie that uh, I, I liked a lot the first time I saw it. I liked it even more the second time I saw it. I watched it recently, and it blew the top of my head off. That movie has more originality in 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 any frame uh, than most movies have on their whole bodies. It also has a heart. It it isn't just about originality. It isn't just about throwing weird shit at you. Uh, it throws weird shit at you, but it all comes back around, and and uh, um, and it's really about people and about relationships at the end of it all. Um, with all the kung fu and the fighting with dildos and the everything bagel through all that uh-huh. craziness, um, it's really just it's it's really about uh, about a, a a small life and whether a small life is worth living. You know, um, right? Even if it's never going to be big and heroic and and. Uh, uh, well, it's never, most you're never going to be a superhero. Exactly. It's most yeah. people's lives. And whether or not that, you know, our little small lives that mean so much to us are objectively worth living. Yeah, so. I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't care for that movie, mostly because mm-hmm. of its just m- mustness. You know, it's, it's, yes. it's just so much. Yeah. Um, just It just wore me out. I can I can definitely see um, that that movie is is could be too much and could be overwhelming. I mean, like the, the third time I saw it, I mean, the, for the first half of it, I was like, I don't remember any of this. Oh, right? I imagine there can be a ton of stuff that you wouldn't have really seen. There's just it just throws so much yeah. at you, right? I mean, or you, you totally were focused on something else, right? Or, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, it's just one thing after another. So that I mean, that movie, it's like seeing five movies at once, right? And, right, and, and it works uh, for me. It it, it works. Okay. Okay, my four was the documentary Crip Camp. Oh, yeah, that's um, a fantastic. Movie. I like that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it kind of touched me, um, and I like how not only does it show the tale of this camp and the impact it had on all these people in a positive way, mm-hmm. it then goes to talk about how all these people were instrumental in coming up with you know pressing for the laws, you know the people, mm-hmm. uh, you know the disabilities acts and all that. Right. Stuff. Yeah. I thought that was cool you know because not only did this this you know this great thing have this great impact on all these people they did something with it you know what i mean and i think that's what makes 
would the documentary that just starts and tell you about how great this place was be good? Absolutely, probably. Mm-hmm. But what takes it to the next level for me is just that it had a sustained impact on their life, and they did things to better not only their own lives, but the lives for everybody who was afflicted like they were. That's a, that's a fantastic choice, and it really uh, one of the great things that movie does is it shows you the um, uh, the art of nonviolent direct action, the art of, of a certain kind of protest that uh, isn't really around anymore so much, and that is the protest where you go somewhere and you say, we are not leaving until we get what we want. And it, this isn't, we're not going to show up on, at 5 p.m. on Friday and then right. leave uh, leave over the weekend. We are occupying the space and we're bringing more and more people into occupy the space until we get exactly what we want. And you, you know, as, as King says, you create a situation so crisis packed that the, the city has no choice but to negotiate, you know. Right. And, and um and uh, I, I think that that movie did a great job of showing not just, you know, and, and underscoring the fact that these uh, not only are these brave protesters doing this thing that that most pro even any that anybody would find physically taxing and grueling. These are, you know, people who are, are handicapped. These right, are people who, yeah, are, are, uh, who, who are in wheelchairs and so on. Right. And so, the, yeah, the, the courage of of the people involved there and the the. Yeah, the presentation of that in that documentary is just absolutely wonderful. And also, like, you know, just not only, like, the, the determination it takes to pull off something like what you just mentioned, mm-hmm. but also their relentlessness over time. Their relentlessness over time. Right, yeah. You know, to right. not give up. Exactly. Not just win Not just win this battle and then... To have their comments fall on deaf ears else. at times and just keep right. trying to march forward and succeed. And, and that's probably spelled out as good in this movie as any movie. Ever. Right, right. And, and, and you... Uh, you know, it, it, you walk to the end of your block and you see the the little ramps that uh, that go off the curb and into the street. And um, yeah, uh, those didn't always live there, <laughs> right? Somebody fought for those, and we, <laughs> right. you know, we hear a lot of stories about uh, you know Martin Luther King and other uh, other uh, uh, civil rights protesters, but um, uh, you know, there's there's less attention paid to um, these people who won, who won their battle. Yeah, right? and they who um, yeah who really changed the world for the better. And and you know. Based on the population, there really aren't nearly as many of them as there are people who are able-bodied. Right. But yet they still succeeded and, and you know, because right. they're, you know, <laughs> the right. world the world was not a habitable place for them. Right. Yes. Yes. And, uh, I and you know, I'm sure that, it's not perfect. I remember that scene in there, there. There's an alderman or some politician or somebody is like, what do you expect? You expect us to build ramps on every restaurant <laughs> in the country? And it's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. And they did. And, right? you know, what we have now, I'm sure, is not perfect, but it's way better than Right. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good stuff. It's a good choice. My four is going to be Tin Men. Oh, um, wow. Yes. Uh, the uh, the comedy about a couple of uh, uh, con artists, not to put too fine a point on it, but con, con artists selling uh, aluminum siding in uh, uh in Baltimore in the 1950s, um, and the uh, the ways in which their uh, professional and personal rivalries sort of uh, begin to uh, uh, bump up against each other, but that's a uh, just a just a hilarious. That's movie. a fun movie. Um, and everything this podcast is about a movie that that I probably never would have gotten. You know, I, it has a reputation. It's not terribly obscure, but it's not a right. I probably ever would have gotten around to seeing. There's some unique portrayals of people in there that we don't see that exact portrayal in movies very often. Um, there's like an estranged wife who has, you know, he has that, you know, he's, yeah. he ends up, um, drives his characters kind of saddled with her at first, and then obviously he can't live without her eventually. Right, right, that. yeah. It's an interesting yeah. transition. Okay, my three, Peeping Tom. 
<laughs> See, we're cannibalizing each other again. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. That happens when you make these lists. Yep. Um, I think Peeping Tom appealed to me just because of its, you know, obviously when it's from and just its sort of coolness factor mm-hmm. through today. It's just to believe that that movie was made that long ago, you know, it just doesn't feel. I mean, you, you know, obviously, obviously, its track record and the hubbub it made in British cinema, mm-hmm. we, yeah. we documented pretty well. Um, but just how that movie stands up as being sort of provocative even today. Yeah, uh, to 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 think that 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 movie had no uh, uh, no legacy, uh, no history of of slasher movies or or serial killer movies to sort of draw from, right? Right. Um, and to think that that can still. Uh, it can still shock and unnerve today, and that that its uh, its psychological portrayal can still be so uh, sophisticated. Um, and such an interesting portrayal of a sort of attraction between a man and a woman that is right, very, it, very right. unusual. Yeah, as you said, you're almost you're rooting for them to somehow get together at the yeah, end, even though know, that's, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly going to work, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, that I think is. Uh, Peeping Tom is the quintessential find of this. Definitely uh, my favorite of, of, of our randomized of, the, movies, of this. Yeah, yeah of, of this podcast, I think. Um, three, uh, my uh, is uh, I'm going to pick Colors. Um, I uh, 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 that again is a movie. Um, th- you know, strangely, that movie is is kind of forgotten, um, and uh, never would have gotten around to it. Uh, very gritty kind of street, uh, kind of sidewalk level uh, uh, portrayal of uh, of. Cops and and uh, and drug dealers in in L.A. circa 1989. I'm sure we said this, but I, you know, I I I really would have thought that the that that movie's viewpoint on the situation would have been seemed very naive by today's standards, and it really yeah. kind of doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, if anything, like I said at the time, I was very impressed with how. Uh, uh, the themes of that movie, uh, and uh, particularly with regard to the cops who want justice, who want that, uh, I shouldn't say justice, they want to help the community. They want to make the community a better place, and they realize that part of making the community a better place is dealing with the drug dealers, not just as criminals, but actually working with them, getting into bed with them a little engaging bit. Engaging right? them, yeah. Um, engaging them. And and uh, you can see the uh, the f- fingerprints um, of a movie like Colors all over, uh, you know, uh, a TV show like The Shield, right? Sure. Which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the, the, uh, the themes and the aesthetic of, uh, of, uh, uh, of, of, you know, uh, the, these, again, this kind of street level, uh, uh, watching the, uh, the, the, the cops do their jobs every day, uh, uh, tra- chase the drug dealers around is, uh, uh, turns out to be very, even though this movie's for- largely forgotten, turns out to be very influential. Um, so, uh, I was very, very impressed with that movie. The, uh, spoiler alert, but you know, we, did, we covered this already. Uh, the death scene of, of Robert Duvall was still sort, oh, of, fantastic. sort of touching. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't, wasn't expecting Yeah. That. Yeah. You don't, ex- yeah. You don't expect that. So this movie that I'm, I'm, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a real, f- uh, people like to beat up on, uh, on cinema of the 1980s, but it's, uh, uh but movies like that get over, you know, get overlooked. Right. All right, my two is uh, probably don't have to say a whole hell of a lot about it, but it was it's obviously our rating best picture. Uh, Coda is my number two. Oh, Coda, uh, that's a wonderful movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, pretty simple story, but it, it, it tells it in, you know through the eyes of these uh, this this deaf family with mm-hmm. the, with the one daughter who can who who can um, hear. 
and how that affects her and the you know the, the balance of does she have an obligation to be the speaking helper for her family versus well, how she wants to live her life it just uh you know it kind of seems like it's going to be like a disney movie of the week and it just becomes something greater than that right yeah yeah uh, it turns out to have a lot more depth yeah um and filled with that. not only great performances but now oscar winning performances yes uh, yes yes it, 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 <laughs> once in a while the academy does the right thing uh my number two is true grit the original uh with uh, uh with john wayne um uh, again, this is a movie I never would have gone back to see. I'm not a John Wayne fan, but uh, this is the performance of his career um, in, in a movie that, uh, that that's just uh, that's just a lot of fun, just well done in every way. Yeah, I, I you know had seen the the remake first. Uh, yeah, me too. And uh, didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect to, to find much to like in it. But uh, yeah, yeah, the the, the, the girl's the, performance was really quite. Way more charming than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, uh, and the uh, uh, the Coen Brothers movie just seems so kind of uh, perfunctory and joyless by comparison. Yeah, they put so much into the quirky performance of Jeff Bridges that um, yeah, they put all their eggs in that basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, you know nothing against Haley Steinfeld, but uh, it's just a different, different. Yeah, yeah, different it's a different, uh, it's a different movie, and uh, 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 yeah, uh, the original though uh, the the the. Everything works. The tone works. The, uh, uh, the that's a combination of, of drama, you know, comedy and drama, and uh, and it's just it's one of the it's one of the great westerns. I think. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm far from an expert in the career of John Wayne, mm-hmm. but uh, I liked his performance as well. Yeah. Okay, Jason, my number yep. one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Give top, it to me. My number one's Top Gun Maverick. Are you serious? It's no question. Are I, you serious? I've not enjoyed a movie as much as I enjoyed Top Gun Maverick and. 10 years <laughs> it's not even close and i actually think it's a good movie I, I think that the first i think the first top gun is at best a guilty pleasure i think top gun maverick is a well-constructed well-made film with some of the best action sequences um ever done okay my first movie was uh gonna be uh nomadland um oh. So, uh, so that gets uh, that will I'll bump that to honorable mention. I think Nomadland uh, is uh, pr- probably gonna, probably going to be the best movie, best American movie of this decade. I'd be very surprised if uh, if um, it's only twenty twenty two. I know. I sure as hell I, hope I, not. I, 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 no, I, <laughs> I, I, I bet I'm not going to see a better uh, American movie in the next eight years. Um, I think it's it's a once a decade uh, ki- kind of movie. Um, just a uh, a through and through wonderful movie. Um, but you already talked about it, so I'm not going to. Beautifully filmed. And I mean, you're one's your yes. one. I don't know why yeah. you have to pick another one. Well, um, well, because I get to. It's going to be your so. six, <laughs> right? So uh, then, my my new number one is going to be Drive My Car, uh, the uh, okay. the Japanese movie uh, that that tells the story of a uh, um, of a director, of, uh, playwright, and director who is uh, getting over the uh, very complicated death of his wife. Um, and uh, the relationship that develops between uh, him and his uh, uh, young woman who acts as his chauffeur, um, and uh, he they get involved in each other's lives. He realizes that she has a great deal of tragedy of her own, and this is um, this is the kind of uh, you know very you know, it was a, it's a very long movie. I think it's two hours and forty minutes. It's a kind of movie whose reputation precedes that it. It seemed long before the recent string. <laughs> right, exactly. It's it's yeah, it's a short film by today's standards, <laughs> right? Uh, 
but uh, but the but it's a you know it's a movie whose reputation precedes it. Often I hear about you know uh, some uh, foreign movie that's very very long and very critically lauded, and more often than not, uh, when I end up seeing a movie like that, you know, when I end up seeing the movie finally reaches our shores, I end up saying, oh okay, well. You know, uh, maybe something lost in translation. Right. This movie uh, shook me to my core. It moved me. It it uh, and and I absolutely I absolutely love it and adore it. And uh, and furthermore, it's a, it's a movie that uh, I would recommend uh, to people even who aren't into uh, th- you know three hour Japanese movies. Um, I, I I think it has it, it has a massive. I, I think it has a wide appeal. So I don't think the fact that it's Japanese <clears throat> is a big deal. Yeah. I, th- I think that uh, there's enough common in those characters that yeah. a lot of people can find sure, something sure, to sure. empathize with. Yeah. But, well, I mean, a lot of people are uh, just ca- – a lot of casual moviegoers are just not into reading subtitles. Right. Right. And and find them sort of distancing or off-putting. But uh, this movie totally – it's the kind of movie I wanted to hug, you know. No, definitely a good movie. Um, as far as, uh, you know, honorable mentions – Oh, I have Emily the Criminal is Emily the Criminal. I watched that recently again. Yeah, um, liked it. Yeah, again, uh, Summer of Soul. I like that. Summer of Soul is a really good movie. Yeah, um, Bug, 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 Bug. No. Wait a second. <laughs> start the po- start it over. Roll it back. Nick's Drive My Car in Nomadland. Bug. Spider Man No Way Home. I I I found pretty magical the way it played in the theater, seeing it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, way back. Toward the beginning of the podcast, we watched a little movie called Vast of Night, which the Vast of Night, Vast of which Night I, is a fun little movie. It's got a simplistic, it's a, it's a simplistic little Twilight Zone esque little movie, and I, yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a that, that's a really good movie. I, I I've forgotten about that movie. That's that's a great movie. Uh, if somebody says, "Okay, recommend the movie to me." You know that that's a movie that uh that that I would feel so yeah re- uh, comfortable saying you've never heard of this movie. You're gonna you're gonna find something to like about this movie. And then so. one that I was just very very came very very close to making my list is Breaking Away, which has been a favorite. Oh, a Breaking time. Away is a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun movie. Okay, and a crowd pleaser type of movie too, which anybody a lot of any almost anybody would be able to find something to like about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so a hundred episodes, man. A hundred episodes. We are in the top ten percent of. Will uh, we get twenty more? A hundred more? <laughs> what do we? How did you did you look up the stats on how many episodes we have to have before we're in the like top five percentile or top one percentile? No, no. Okay. But I imagine those are some pretty lofty numbers because yeah. there are some podcasts with like seven hundred episodes. Oh, well, sure, right, yeah. Um, I think the probably the numbers for a little while jump mm-hmm. up pretty quick. You know, once you get to three, right? You know, exactly. But like anything, um, yeah. But after that, I don't, I don't know. But, but yeah, um, you know, looking forward to what comes next. I'm feeling. Uh, was feeling a little uh, bleh for a couple weeks there. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think it was really podcast related. I think it was just ho- incoming holidays. And, yeah, yeah, me too. It's it's uh, you know it, um, it does kind of take a day away. You have to kind of prepare. Believe felt, it or not, we prepare for the show. Felt a little invigorated this week, a little bit more. So yeah, so me too, me too. On to the future. On to the future. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Listening to Cinema Spin. Okay, we're back on the Cinema Spin 100 episode spectacular. We've done the extra part where we give our top five lists. Now we're on to the reviews. Now we get down to business. And we had a brand new release this week. Yep. Tell us about it. Okay, the movie is Babylon. 
Well, Matt, if Cecil B. DeMille directed an acid trip about 1920s Hollywood, it might resemble Babylon, the latest from filmmaker Damien Chazelle of La La Land and Whiplash fame. Babylon opens in 1926 somewhere out in a remote desert town called Bel Air, in air quotes, uh, with a party with a party of biblical proportions, complete with blaring jazz, an elephant with diarrhea, a sea of naked, twisting bodies like something out of a Hieronymus Bosch painting, and a pile of cocaine the size of the Giza pyramid. If after this opening scene you're thinking maybe you need a break from this movie, well, too bad. There's three hours left, hours that go by at a pace that's both leisurely and white knuckle. Um, Composed in loosely connected episodes that uh, intertwine the characters of Starlet Nellie Leroy, played by uh, uh, Margot Robbie, aspiring studio executive Manny Torres, uh, played by Diego Calva, and aging movie star Jack Conrad, played by Brad Pitt. We watch them all achieve their dreams and then try to hold on as those dreams recede to make way for the next crop of movie of Hollywood stars. Chazelle, however, is not terribly interested in these characters or in historical accuracy or in plot or for that matter, much of anything except staging a few well-filmed set pieces. Uh, there are many such scenes that are very well done, but the characters are one note and their problems are very, very familiar. Nellie is the most interesting, only because she's Margot Robbie, but her single character trait is that you want to strangle her. Um, unmoored by to any human emotions, Chazelle's bizarre and picturesque sex pieces are just spectacle for the sake of spectacle. He gives us everything and everything more and everything more still, but never has a point of view about what we're seeing. His callow, selfish characters are not done in by their vices. They mostly evade responsibility for those, but they're rather just victims of inevitable change. Are those changes good or bad, and why? Chazelle isn't interested in these questions, and so he's not, and he's so he's not interested in his characters or his plot or lack thereof. To add to the mystery, the director ends up ends his movie by apparently congratulating himself on making a movie as good as Singing in the Rain. Uh, no. What did you think, Matt? <laughs> oh boy. Um, I. You know, you're talking about this movie starts out. And within the first five minutes, we see a elephant defecate on a person. We see a woman uh, pee on a fat man during sex. Yes. And we see cocaine snorted off a woman's bare breasts. Yes. And uh, it doesn't slow down a whole lot from there. But at that point, I'm wondering, wow, where is this going to go? I found something interesting about the way a lot of it was filmed there's a kinetic energy oh, to sure. the party scenes mm -hmm. and for me it never quite lost my my interest there's a part where it kind of mm -hmm. slowed down yeah to where i was like a little bit starting a little bit getting bored but then it kind of picked up again and for the most part i sort of like this movie really yeah there was there was just something about there's just there's something about the energy in some of these scenes you know like when they show that that they go to that movie set and they're filming like you know, 30 movies all at once on this hill and there's all this stuff going on because yeah. sound doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, I found the opening scene to be pretty funny with the, yeah. with the elephant. Yeah. And I found the scene when they're trying to make an early talkie and everything that's going wrong and they keep it. I found that freaking hilarious. Yeah, this, the, the scene... Those scenes, I thought, were just great. There is a scene, and a long scene, and people have complained, some critics have complained the scene just goes on forever, but I think that's kind of the point. There's a, there's a scene where uh, where the Margot Robbie character, she has to make a talkie, and it goes through, and not just her, but the whole crew now has to 
uh, accommodate this new technology, right? Right. And this requires a whole new attitude towards filmmaking because every any little thing that makes a noise cut you have to start the movie over right or you have to start the scene over right and so i found you know in terms of of just the uh uh just the mechanics of filmmaking i found that scene uh very funny as a set piece as sort of a joke i i, I yeah i got a kick um, out of that scene um, it's not as fun to watch these characters um start to be on the downside of their careers you know that's not as fun to watch yeah. um this there's just so much here that's done. You know, I, this is like a you know a theme for the podcast and what the kind of movies that are being released now. Yeah. But week in week out, self indulgent comes out. Yeah. And this is the king of of them. I mean, um, this movie. I think if it's paced like this, and it just he's so in love with what he's doing here that he he just it's just overstuffed with just all this stuff that doesn't yeah. probably need to be there. The whole sequence with Tobey Maguire taking them down into a cave. Right. Well, it's not badly filmed. It just doesn't need to be there. It doesn't serve the overall film. Yeah. It's it's like we'll, we'll come back to that. I, okay. I, I have some I, I have some things and, to say. Not about that, that I hated yeah. that part really. No. But it just doesn't serve the narrative of, of these other three people. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, obviously Margot Robbie's character is is in some you know, she's gotten herself into trouble. Yeah, yeah. That's part of there solving is, that. There is a reason. But there's another yeah. way that you could have done it, you know, yeah. that's not so mm -hmm. crazy. Um, or just bananas. I mean, it's like, uh, not only are you, are you, it doesn't, we go into this kind of, into yeah. the pits of hell of Yeah, LA he calls it even, this is, right. this is the pit of we hell. We go on that journey right. and we don't, so and not that it's not interesting. We just don't need to be there. Yeah. Well, let's uh, then let's let's talk about this. So uh, let's talk about this. Go ahead and talk about this now. So the initial bacchanalia of that open scene, mm -hmm. um, we're presented at, at. I think what I'm supposed to be experiencing when I see that is sort of like uh, I'm supposed to be overwhelmed by how much. Uh, by this is crazy, but also, oh my God, this looks like fun, right? Right. This looks like this looks like you know they're all having the time of their lives, right? Uh huh. Now, in the midst of that, um, an actress dies in in a uh, in a moment that uh, the one who urinates on the fat man, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, and in, in a in a, uh, a homage to, not, to the fatty Arbuckle. She's uh, Virginia not dead though, right? She's no, she's dead. This is a homage to the oh, okay. Fatty Arbuckle, uh, Virginia okay. rap uh, 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 scandal, right? Mm -hmm. um, and she's just and uh, to sneak her out the back, they just let the elephant sort of walk onto the dance floor, right? These are the good old days, okay? <laughs> so now, now let's let's establish that 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 throughout the movie, when when people are pining for you know how oh, things used to be better than this or more exciting than this, they're looking back to this opening scene, right? Later on in the movie, we we are uh, taken to uh, uh, you know uh, led by the this sinister Toby Maguire character. Mm -hmm. We're led down in some uh, some tunnel to you know by the L.A. River or whatever into the subterranean party that's going on, right? Uh, that even describes as the pit the pit you know the pit of hell, right? Right. And I to me that seemed like it was meant to be sort of a a very very dark parody of the the uh, of the wild party we saw at the beginning. Okay, this is supposed to be the sinister, dark, hellish version of that, and 
that to me just doesn't work at all because it just seems to me to be, um, I mean, it's lit differently, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's lit like lit hell, right? You know, um, th- there's there are fewer uh, women dancing around topless, right? But other than that, I just don't see this movie. I, I, I just think that nostalgia trip just doesn't really work because the scene we saw at the beginning also seems... Um, uh, also seems sinister in its own way. Well, right? I mean, I think it's like um, uh, it's so much fun that they're having at the beginning that you know it's a train ride. It's a train heading for a cliff. Right, yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's supposed to be the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, uh, I, I don't think the, uh, I think there's an intended symmetry between the two different versions of the party there that in the later version it's like, oh, now we've you know, this is what Hollywood has become. Now it's this very dark, uh, well, sinister but instead, underground. Instead of being about sex and drugs, it's more about like sideshow people. You know, yeah, it's still yeah. about sex to a degree, but in a different way. Right, and this is a movie that looks back with with uh, with you know uh, damp eyes to the, the golden age of when yeah, we, when yeah, we could just I, I think, all do drugs off I, I each other's naked bodies. There's and, a bit of <laughs> and get pissed on by elephants. Right, there's a bit of <laughs> things being used up. That's the point here too. That, yeah, that 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 time of great decadence can't last. Yeah, these stars, while they shine bright, they don't last. Yeah, yet the mechanism rolls on, and that's he, the point of the movie. But that, I mean, that is sort of the point of the movie. But then again, I I don't think that Chazelle has a point. I I I don't think. I think this, that's. I, the, think I think that's movie, the point of the movie. Now it's not. I don't think. To me, it, it it didn't seem like he ever settled on a firm point about. Well, uh, I think the what, last scene sort of to me. Yeah. Um, Calva, I think his character, um, after you know, we know what happened to his character as far as his career. Um, he's been out of the loop. It's the fifties now. Mm-hmm. He's sort of the, he's he's a family man and enjoying his life. Yeah. But and he almost doesn't remember the magic. He doesn't remember why. He doesn't remember the good stuff. He only remembers the bad stuff about his jobs. Yeah. He looks fondly on on his position, having that position, but he doesn't remember why he wanted it in the first place. And that moment in the theater is supposed to be him remembering why. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Um, I, 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 th- I think if this, I think if this movie um had a uh, ha- had presented a a good old days that was worth looking back on fondly um uh it, it would all make a lot more sense it's like it's like Chazelle um set out to make a movie to to skewer skewer hollywood and show the 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 wild debauched excesses of of hollywood in the 20s mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, he, he wants us to at the same time be horrified by that, but then also wants to set that as, as uh, you know, want, wants us to have a, a nostalgia for it and wants us to. Uh, uh, well, to, nobody's to kind of, got a nostalgia for it. They're all dead. I mean. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, not Chazelle. I mean, I think that that, that he he. he Wants to, I don't know. It, to me, it seemed like uh, it, it seemed to have about the same status as uh, you know frat boys kind of looking, you know, uh, you know, ch- twenty years on from college, kind of looking back at the oh, the good old days when they could throw, you know, uh, w- when they could drink all night and throw the keg through the window, and then you know, uh, I don't know, uh, sneak the dead bodies, literally sneak the dead bodies out the back, and and uh, and there would be no consequences, right? Um, and that and. 
are, and what are we supposed to make of that? Are we supposed to look back fondly with them or are we supposed to think, oh no, you're just a shit bag? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, I, and I, I don't think there is a right answer. I think that Chazelle's muddled. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that, 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 that he doesn't have, um, he doesn't have a, a clear vision of, of how he feels about it. And I think it's one of the big problems of the movie. Yeah. To me, that party just seems like, like, like I said, a, a chugging train, Mm-hmm. Moving towards a cliff, that it just that that sort of decadence isn't sustainable. It's like, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's like anybody who was at that at that party, mm-hmm. they might have had the time of their lives. But if they try to tell somebody else why the party was so great, you'd be like, I don't even want to go to that place. It's like too much for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also don't understand why exactly uh, the sound era presents such a uh, an insurmountable problem to these people. Um, I mean. In movies like Singing in the Rain or The Artist, um, there are re- answers to these questions, right? Mm-hmm. Here, I mean, Brad Pitt still looks like Brad Pitt. Um, Margot Robbie, if she just learns to hit, if she just practices a little bit, I bet even somebody as empty-headed as her can learn to hit her mark once in a while. Um, there's I, I, a, I wonder if it's not... I wonder if the three tales aren't the same. I, I think you know, they're each... They each burn out because of a different reason. I mean, uh, Brad Pitt obviously has the looks and the charm to succeed in talkies. Mm-hmm. Um, the point may be that Margot Robbie's character does not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that with changing, you know, a- as talkies became more, you know, it wasn't, it was more about your off screen presence too. Where, you know, society changed. Yeah. Not because of talkies, but as talkies came in, yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, I society mean, she, she, became more far polite. That's true. She, I mean, Outward appearances mattered. Yeah, she she's she is certainly more done in by by the press around. You know, um, right. a um, an actress coming in today with a very thick Jersey accent would have her work cut out for her. And yeah, it would limit her ability to work in certain places. You know, like yeah. like a Marissa Tomei, mm-hmm. um, as good of an actress as she is. Right, uh, some of her um, not doing a lot of period pieces. Yeah, right, probably yeah. Right. you know limited what she could do. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. Um, uh, you know, and also when it comes to her specifically, the, the uh, there is a lot made about the the press she gets and how mm-hmm. sort of she's uh, you know she has no filter, she has no inhibitions, she's willing to be falling down drunk in public and you know making out with other women at the you know. <laughs> Um, right uh, w- within earshot you know within sight of the press and so on and so uh uh so yeah her reputation uh does her in um you know and it's also interesting how you know uh, you know at in in the early in the 20s i guess la is sort of out on the coast by itself mm-hmm. and the country is not really caught up to it yet yeah right and that, that's why things like and I, the ideas of like lesbianism Right. are sort of tolerated out there yes. until all of a sudden they're not. Right, until the third, yeah, until, um, until the Hayes Code. Right, until, yeah. so, you know, I thought that was a little interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, You know, and, and like, you know, it's like Brad Pitt's character succeeds on his lo- his looks and charm. Um, Margot Robbie is, you know, she has obviously has abilities to act, but she's sort of the, the wild child or whatever who's like the starlet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Diego is, is more like, um, he succeeds because he's, he can get shit done. Yeah. He's, he's, he's sort of the, uh, up, the up and coming, uh, uh, executive. He's, he's industrious and, yeah. and can get, get things, you know, he, he comes from nothing, but he, he, people see him at different levels able to, when he's 
asked you know, asked to do something, he gets it done. Yeah, I, I just as you're describing these characters, it, it, it's like you're you're doing more work in describing these characters. I feel like than the movie does. Well, maybe. Um, and and I I feel like if uh, like what this movie really needs is it needs more of an investment in, um, in the arc of these characters, and uh and their stories. And what it really needs is to present something about these characters that doesn't seem like. I've seen every I've seen them a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, this is you know Babylon is is uh, very self consciously sort of entering its self into you know in congratulating itself on arriving into the story genre of movies about movies right. Uh-huh. Um, but when we look back at uh, you know even even more recent movies about movies like uh, like a movie like uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the center of that, that's a movie about movies, but at the center of that is is a relationship uh, and characters that I haven't seen before. Like the relationship between the two right. main characters and the relationship between the uh, the the rugged, very, very self-conscious fading star and his, uh, you know, and, and his best friend, his stuntman, right, um, is, is a real hook on that movie th- that I don't, I haven't seen elsewhere, right? And, and this movie just doesn't present... It presents these characters that are very familiar, and it does, never does anything to undermine their familiarity. It never does anything to surprise me. It doesn't tell me anything about the industry that I I I, I sort of didn't already know, right? Um, I can't disagree with even, that. Even I, a movie that I, I really hated, like Mank, right? Okay, uh, that came out, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. one of the first movies we uh, we we covered here, right? Episode one, right? Uh, so uh, you know, th- that's a movie that I didn't love overall, but the parts that I I, I did like um, were scenes of kind of you know I'm a sucker for sort of uh, giving me stories of 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 behind the scenes uh, uh, machinations of of Hollywood, right? And if you can give me a little bit of that, um, and and sort of. Uh, give me an angle on on something like that that I haven't seen before. Then I, you know, I'm 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 a, a captive audience, and I feel like this movie um, didn't. I feel like this movie didn't teach me anything. It didn't it hook me on any of the characters. It didn't give me any, any conflicts I haven't seen a million times before. Yeah, I just had a, you know a, a decent time watching this. I don't I don't yeah. know why. I was never bored really, except yeah. for really, you know maybe a little bit in the third act. I, it dragged before it, it it came to its conclusion a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I was kind of into it. You know, I mean, it's just definitely overstuffed. That's it's, for sure. I mean, it has an undeniable energy. Um, I, yeah, I it's, just, it's uh, a, I, and it looks great, especially at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah, I wish it were. I wish there were less of it. That's for sure. Yes, and I, I wish it were better. Um, I, yeah, I, I wish there were there were, that he had more interest in his characters than just you know, his, I, than I, just his, I, his his set pieces. I went in kind of knowing the aggregate score of where reviewers were at on this, and and uh, mm-hmm. I guess I expected it to be worse. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that that some scenes, especially that I did like a lot. Yeah, and it sort of carried me through the moments I didn't like as much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Our random movie for this week is 8 Mile from 2002. That's right. 8 Mile is 20 years old this holiday season. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, for those who do not know, 8 Mile refers to 8 Mile Road and the areas surrounding it near Detroit, Michigan. It's where rapper Eminem grew up, and it serves as the setting for this semi-autobiographical film about him. 
For this film's purposes, Eminem, or Marshall Mathers, if you prefer, plays Jimmy Smith Jr., who is better known to his friends as Bunny Rabbit, Bee Rabbit, or Just Plain Rabbit. Rabbit is an underprivileged young man living in the aforementioned Eight Mile neighborhood, working and trying somehow to catch a break. Rabbit has some talent as a rapper, but is trying to succeed as a white boy in an activity that has traditionally been mostly reserved for black men and the African-American culture. This and some shyness or stage fright have caused him to choke when he has tried to perform in the area's weekly rap battles. Rabbit has to succeed. It's his one shot to get out of 8 Mile and make something bigger out of his life. 8 Mile has an interesting... This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. <laughs> That's right. You'll get one shot. <laughs> 8 Mile is an interesting cast, has an interesting cast of supporting characters. Kim Basinger plays Robert's, Rabbit's mother, Stephanie. Mackay Pfeiffer plays friend and mentor Future. <laughs> Brittany Murphy plays a rather skanky love interest for Rabbit named Alex. There are also roles here by young actors that have become much more well-known in the 20 years since the release of 8 Mile. Michael Shannon plays the much younger boyfriend of Rabbit's mother. And the final boss or bad guy rapper in the finale of the film is played by Captain America himself, Anthony Mackie, in his first ever film role. Oh, really? Yep. Jason, how did you feel watching 8 Mile for the first time, right? Yes, yes, first time. Uh... Curtis, I have to say, Curtis Hansen. T- Curtis Hansen, director of LA Confidential, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, and and uh, he also did. He uh, did Wonder Boys between Wonder this Boys. And that, yeah, which yeah. I, I so thought he Wonder had quite a run. He was a uh, sort of a journeyman director uh, through the. Uh, In the, Her uh, Shoes, he did too, which yeah, I, I'm not super familiar throughout with. Throughout the that, 80s but. and 90s, he, he, he was kind of a journeyman director, but he had a real run of, of quality movies here. Uh, to just sort of lay my cards on the table, I am not a rap fan in particular. Um, I'm especially not an Eminem fan ever since his beef with Triumph, the insult comic dog. <laughs> right. You're Team Triumph. I am Team <laughs> Triumph. Uh, but, uh, you know, this movie, man, what could have been just a two-hour commercial, this is right at the height of, of, of Eminem's first, I, we should say first pass at fame. He's had sort of phases. Uh, but yeah. This is right at the height of his first uh, uh, ascent into fame. Um, what could have just been a two-hour commercial for his next album Um Instead, is a real is a real movie. It's a it's a very entertaining and very engrossing and really really well acted by uh, all the people you named. Um, so uh, I, I I think uh, you know there's a lot of really good choices here. One of them I think is is its handling of of the poverty that he faces. Um, it avoids glamorizing the poverty in any way. It doesn't make it make them any of them look like they're. Uh, they're suffering nobly. Um, they're not even, right. you know, they're struggling. They're not even really suffering poverty. Not knowing where you're, you know, uh, if you're going to make next month's rent is just a, a kind of fact of life here. Um, not a lot of opportunities. There. It doesn't, yeah, you know, it doesn't pr- try to present this as as too melodramatic. I mean, these people, even his enemies, are not gangsters. Uh, at one point, somebody pulls a gun out, and everybody's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, hey, settle down!" On both sides, you know, right. Um, and the guy who pulls out the gun gets what he deserves. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I really liked the 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 uh, the, the kind of uh, gritty presentation of uh, of of life um, in this very specific uh, milieu of of Detroit, where uh, uh, you know how we've talked. You know, we've talked about the recent uh, uh, spate of of just of Detroit exploitation movies. You know, really take <laughs> right, 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 of how uninhabited most of the uh, the city is. Uh, but this makes use of that, and this comes long before uh, you know horror movies were exploiting that. You know, so uh, yeah, it really creates a, a, a situation where you know you're at a nightclub. You know, you're at some sort of nightclub. One minute, you know, on one block, and on the next block is just 
the zombie yeah, apocalypse. Whited, right? vacant homes. So, uh, so I don't know. What'd you think? Um, you had seen this before. I right? saw this when it came out. Mm-hmm. I think I rented it one night. Uh, I think that the idea of a rap battle is stupider than it was 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, I loved the rap battle at the end of this. <laughs> the one at the end is okay. The one at the end, yeah. Um, uh-huh. I think How seriously they take it, though. I, I think, yeah, I think there's some times when, um, I, I, I can, to, to be fair, I, I'm not a huge fan of rap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there, I do find some of it clever from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a prepared rap song plays better than two guys making up what comes off the top of their head yeah i think it's sometimes like there's there's one you know little battle that he does uh in front of the the concession truck and uh, on break at work uh-huh and i, I don't know i didn't think it was that clever <laughs> well he's saving it it's he's a keeping certain, the powder dry a for the well end. acted movie mm-hmm. um i could have used a little more of a a some kind of plot i don't know i think there needs to be one more B plot. I think there needs to be something else sort of going on that develops and is not just because there's kind of a plot with Brittany Murphy and that doesn't really go anywhere. And there's kind of a plot with his yeah, mom trying maybe, to. Maybe if that would have at least gone somewhere where maybe, yeah. maybe it doesn't work as a romance, but they kind of team up as friends and maybe try to get out of there together. Right. There know. needed to be some other sort of B conflict in this movie. Yeah. Um, and, and like, yeah, I, I agree with there's that. There's like an ex he breaks up with. Yeah, played by uh, uh, Taron Manning. Of, Who becomes uh, of Pensatoki. Or- or- <laughs> Orange is the New Black, yeah. I, why is she even in this? She's got so little to do with it. It that... seems like there must have been a lot in the cutting room. Yeah, floor. maybe. Yeah. And I know that, that the real Marshall Mathers, you know, his the, the mother of his children, there's... We know more than we should. Books of drama. Yes, about, yes. I'll tell you what... I, what uh, <laughs> Baby mama drama. You right? want to see what, uh, <laughs> what makes uh, a movie is... I want to see what the hell this poor daughter of the sister, how the hell does she turn out? I was wondering if she was going to turn out to be his daughter. And I don't think so for yeah. the movie purposes. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, but, I mean, the that, movie never alludes to that. That poor yeah. girl. <laughs> that poor girl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I want to see how she turns out. Let's yeah. make that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I love this the first time and it's just, it, it's lacking something for me. It's well done. It, it portrays the area, I think, quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just missing. It's missing a dry something driving force other than rap. I would I would me. agree that it, it sags in the middle a little bit, and and I think, you know, the Alex the Brittany Murphy character and their relationship turns out to be so unusual and interesting that it makes you wish there were more of it. Yeah, I mean because. Um, it does not, by any stretch, uh, take the usual sort of course of, of love interest. <laughs> no, it right? doesn't. You know, it does. I, I love how she's presented because she's presented in a way that uh, would be really cheap in a different movie. She would be presented as sort of the backstabbing slut, right, in a different yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, she and, really wants out of there. And she, you know, and she's not not the backstabbing slut, <laughs> right. you know, but the movie doesn't doesn't judge her. Right, right? It the movie, make that... you know, and he doesn't notably. Um, in do, the end, do, yeah. In the yeah. end, yeah. In, I mean, he's. Upset. I think in that moment, yeah. In the does. moment, he's upset, right? Um, you know. Uh, so, uh, so I think, yeah, that that character is uh, more interesting, and it's easy to say that now that Brittany Murphy is not, you know, uh, making any more movies. Uh, <laughs> we could have had more Brittany Murphy in this movie, and but, uh, uh, he, he yeah. himself uh, equates himself pretty well on screen. I, I, he yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you. You never for one minute, uh, and you know, presumably. he he really knows this character, but you never for a minute think, oh, he's punching above his weight class. Um, no, I, I, there's probably something about acting. being a yeah. performer that yeah. transcends. I mean, yeah. there's been a lot of 
musical performance have done quite well uh, yeah. transitioning. Yeah, it's easy to see him being natural. It's a performance but just of a different type. Yeah. Yeah, so th- the movie was was fine with me for a long time. Last 20 minutes, it really elevated it. I, I really, really liked the rap battle. As silly as it is in a way, right? That these, yeah. that these grown men are putting so much stock on uh, basically just improvising rhymes, well, right? I think what, but, I, uh, what I like about it is, is there's a beat put to it too finally yeah, yeah instead of just seeing guys kind of just talk and rap yeah I, I maybe i'm not i don't feel my brain doesn't fill in the blanks well when there's actually yeah a track that they're doing it to mm-hmm. um i think it works better for me yeah uh there <laughs> and they're yeah, obviously probably it's better written they save their cleverest stuff for there too with their, sure 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 the things they're riffing on are are, are generally more interesting there too mm-hmm. uh one thing that kind of cracked me cracked me up though is it's you know they're having this rap battle right mm-hmm. and each each guy gets 45 seconds mm-hmm. well the two the first thing happens and then he's like all right let's take an intermission i'm like well we've been at this for like a minute 20 <laughs> right exactly they're exhausted right? <laughs> do we really need an intermission <laughs> well you know but i the, mean there's a lot of energy the, there yeah. but <laughs> the fact that it's only been two chip 45 your, seconds chip your bartender right <laughs> Uh, I, I and I love the fact that they found a way uh, to make the the final battle with uh, w- with him and Anthony Mackie as, uh, uh, that uh, you know how do you make this sort of cinematic how do you, how do you make it so that uh, so that it's not just two guys thinking of stuff and saying it right and they think of a way to make it uh, where he comes up with a strategy. Right. right, he comes up with a a strategy to defeat him. Right, right, and and uh and that that I think that that really works. That's, he that's, that's good writing. Um, fires all the ammunition. Right, yeah, left. right, yeah. He he raps. Yeah. He right. Basically, he raps. Here's what uh, that, you're gonna that, say about me. Here's all everything you can say about me. You know, and yeah, that so. does work better than especially him trying to do a, an alternative rap that you've got to decide. Well, was it really better? You know, he right, just, he yeah, just ends yeah. up saying, "Well, I can't right be with that." Right. This uh, this movie really worked for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I definitely don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it. I don't know. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I, I think what you said earlier that it could have been sort of like a, you know, a. Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't want to crap on the Beatles movies, but you know, they it are, could have been they just, were sort yeah. of a commercial for just a commercial what the for, Beatles yeah, do, right? Yeah. Even though they have their they have their clever moments, but yeah. it could have been. Um, well, we know, all love Hard Day's Night. This but, is a real yeah. movie here. Yeah, this is yeah, this is a real movie. They they yeah. All right. Well, um, so do we um, have a have a new movie for this week? White noise is on our radar. I'm gonna watch that. So okay. So, but uh, let's find out. What we're gonna pair that up with. Back to the 1960s. Point blank. Lee, Point Mar- blank. Lee Marvin movie. Lee Marvin. That's a uh, sort of a cult movie, right? Interesting. I really don't know a whole lot about it. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I, I'll Check assume it by by what's been happening lately, it's a lavish three plus hour production. <laughs> right. It's four hours long. <laughs> right. No, it was made 1960. Here's the here's the kicker <laughs> that you're not going to believe. Spent three plus hours in the theater yesterday watching Babylon. Spent three plus hours watching Avatar last week. I'm going to see Avatar again tomorrow. Oh, really? On the uh, uh right in the, the with the fancy yeah. schmancy the fancy right, schmancy yeah right, the fancy schmancy technology. <laughs> so wow, uh, spending a lot of time in the movies these days. Yeah, so uh, let's be oh, nine plus hours and three <laughs> since Christmas, or right? Or and if, if technology doesn't blow your socks off, then you're gonna I'm gonna answer to you. 
Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Maybe it'll make me uh, like the movie more. Maybe I'll become a uh, Avatarian or whatever. You call Avatarologist. I, I saw people have it on their top ten for the year list, so it's people are loving it. Well, some people. Some people. Anyway, thank you for listening to the 100th episode of Cinema Spin. We hope you're here for episode 400. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yes. 100. A milestone. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now. Goodbye, everybody.